Next on BYUSN, Cougars are on their way to the Big 12. So why is a national rider still wanting BYU in the Pac-12? Plus, if you can guarantee one win on BYU schedule, which would it be and why? I'm interested to hear that as we welcome you to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfit of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Dave McCann. This is Brian Logan over here, a guy who uh, gave up basketball in the sixth grade. <laughs> but look at look at what you've become. No, um, I stopped growing then. So I'm, that was it. I'm five six. Actually, depending on which leg I stand on, I'm either <laughs> five five and a half or I'm five six. And um, yeah, I was I was a baller in, in elementary. I, I was, believe that I was a baller, and then. I came uh, into seventh grade, and um, everybody was massive. Everybody was at least three, four inches taller. And that was it. This is supposedly when you when you get your growth your growth spurt, right? Supposedly. And it skipped me, so I didn't, you know. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I can't play ball. Well, That's here cool. we are playing ball on uh, June twenty second, Thursday, best day of the week. Big Twelve announced today that uh, BYU basketball coach. Mark Pope, men's coach, women's coach Amber Whiting, will be two of the uh, 11 Big 12 coaches that will be helping lead youth clinics in New York City at Rucker Park mid-July as part of Big 12 Hoops in the Park. Is Brett Yarmark thinking about every possible thing he can do to expand the brand? <laughs> I, I think so. Um, I, you know what I think? I think it's, it's just different from us and, and what we're used to when it comes to um, you know, college sports and, and, and some of the operations. Yeah. And I, I think this is, I think this is good having somebody that's not, you know, a part of the industry. He's doesn't out of the have box. Any, yeah, doesn't have any experience. And it may seem out of the box to us, um, but for him, it's, 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 it's innovative, right? It, yeah. it, these are just ideas that are flowing to get your brand out there, make more revenue. And, and I'm all for it. So for us, we're like, wait a minute, this is, this is weird, but it's also cool, also but it's, cool. but it's also different. And, I think more than anything, it's it's positive. So, yeah, it's just another thing. Right, that's, uh, that looks pretty cool. Exactly. On today's show, Brian Jensen, play-by-play -play voice of Texas Tech, will uh, will join us. Um, how the BYU women's basketball program is winning in the transfer portal. Uh, why NBA Draft Day is such a memorable day for Cougar, Cougar legend Danny Ainge, and in our best wins contest, which I don't um, look forward to. Uh, it's old school against new school in a matchup between the past and the present. You got to, listen, you're out of school. You got to get over it. The results uh, don't lie. So be honest, I didn't even want to come on the show today, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we will, uh, we'll let you know what Bilo's talking oh, about, geez. bemoaning about coming up a bit. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. BYU joins the Big 12 a week from Saturday. We're closing in. But the athletic Stuart Mandel, a friend of this show, is still hanging on to a scenario where BYU joins the Pac-12. Here's what he writes, quote, BYU should be in the Pac-12. I know all the reasons it has never happened, but most of the Pac-12 schools already regularly play the Cougars. Geographically, it makes more sense than being in a conference with several Eastern time zone teams. And also Utah and BYU should be in the same league. They might not agree with that, but they should. So that's his realignment dream scenario, even as we sit. Ready to enter the Big 12, he would like a diversion over to the Pac-12 and maybe help save that league. Is he crazy or is he right? He's crazy. Yeah. Why? As, as a as a as a BYU, I don't think 
I don't think as 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 BYU fans we we want no part of the Pac-12, um, based off of the, the the current situation. Now, if this were the case when 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 um, realignment first happened, I think I think so. I think it, it makes sense, right? And and we've we've talked about this for for years, even going into independent. That yeah, this this does make the most sense, especially with Utah going over um, to the Pac-12. But as it states right now, like currently. Abs- absolutely, absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, I think any BYU fan that wants to go into the Pac-12 currently um, should go and pray. <laughs> in, in, in fact, Listen, they're trying to think, they're trying to figure out how to keep their league together. Meanwhile, the Big 12's scheduling basketball camps in, in parks in New York City. Right, right. They got stuff going on. I think the lure to the Pac-12 was always USC. Yeah. and nobody else. When BYU would play USC, when they'd play Pac-12 teams, still it was, we, we would love to be in that league because USC's in that league. Yeah. Maybe even UCLA for basketball. None of the other schools. Um, and we play Utah every year for the most part, and we'll play them for the next six, at right. least on the books. Uh, and then we'll see what happens after that if they stay out of each other's conferences. But uh, when USC went, it changed the dynamic of where you want to be. Yep. And, uh, and, and thankfully for BYU, Texas went and Oklahoma went, yep. which allowed them to get to the Big 12 or maybe would be discussing today BYU going to the Pac-12, right? right, right. Out of necessity. Remember, BYU was invited to the Pac-12 to help the Pac- or the Big 12 to help the Big 12 survive. Right. Would the scenario be any different today? BYU being invited to the Pac-12 to help the Pac-12 survive. Right, right. Uh, none of them came to our doorstep when they were all high and mighty. That's <laughs> right. Hey, uh, we need to survive here. Let's go call those guys. The Big 12 called BYU first. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting is, um, you know, we, we got rejected, right, um, when, it, when, it come, when it came to the, to the Pac-12. And, and even the Big 12 and, and even, yeah, initially even, was like, yeah, we're going to look at you. Now, now we're going to just stay where we're Right. At. And, and um, you know, when you are um, a child of God, rejection is, is, is not really rejection. Rejection is God's protection. So we kind of, I feel, got protected by, by being rejected and denied into the, the Pac-12, even initially the, the, the Big 12, um, because of how everything unfolded. We became more valuable, more of an asset after being rejected, right? Um, because, like you said, the Big 12 was you know, kind of, kind of dying. They, they needed some help. And so I, I think you, you, you want to go to a, a situation, if it's a new job, new conference, whatever the case is, when you're, when you're wanted. And I feel like BYU um, and, and the program is actually desirable and, and, and it's wanted. And, you know, listening to a couple of, of, of blog writers that are just a part of the Big 12 and, and, and specific to, to Big 12 teams, they're really grateful for BYU. And, um, you know, we, we saw some of the numbers of how BYU right. impacted, you know, millions of dollars for each of the, the, the schools. So, yeah, I mean, BYU is in a, in a good spot. The Pac-12 has no idea what's, what, where it's going. Um, there's, no, there's no vision. And, and, and to be honest, you know, the commissioner that we have for, for the Big 12, I would almost want to follow him versus any, any, anything else, right? Because of how innovative he is. He has how a vision. Think, the vision, right? And he has a TV deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most important thing, right? And, and I mean, he's, he's just getting things done. And you feel com- confident, you feel comfortable. 
I mean, you, you, you kind of feel excited too, right? Because it's like, I want to go to Mexico and play in a bowl game or I want to, you know, have a bowl game overseas. Like th this stuff is fun and it's exciting and it's, it's, growing, it's growing the conference in ways that I, I think the Pac-12 wouldn't even consider or couldn't even imagine. There's going to be a lot more travel, obviously, and Stewart uh, mentions that in his article. But, but USC going to the Big Ten uh, trumps the whole concept that that even matters to administrators. Right. Right. We'll fly them all over the place. What? How much money? We'll fly our guys all <laughs> over the place. When it wasn't that much, or there wasn't an option, our kids need to be in class. Right. You yeah. know that that changed with this, and so so BYU going to West Virginia to play football this fall. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Now, in the other sports where you're hopping around, you're playing a lot more games, yeah. um, we'll see how that goes. But when, the big, uh, when, when UCLA and USC told the Big Ten, you know what, we will travel to play Rutgers. That's in New York. We're in L.A. It yep. doesn't matter. Um, then money, then it, stopped, it stopped mattering. Yeah. And timing is so – timing is everything. Timing for BYU and the Big 12 has been perfect now. Yeah. Timing for anybody to join the Pac-12, like San Diego State or SMU, who are hoping to, that's, that's a slippery slope. No one really knows what you're entering. Yeah. Um, and so time is on BYU side. And, yeah. and, and, and not all, it hasn't always been, yeah. but it is right now. And, and, and Stewart's idea is one that's had validity for, for every year that BYU is in as an independent. Yeah. And the Pac-12 never came. And, and uh, <laughs> here, they never got on the ark. <laughs> now it's raining, and, uh, and they're not sure what they're going to do. It's, it's funny. I, I'm happy you said timing because um, every time I get, I, I get down or a little bit sad, you know, because I, I'm, I, you know, I want to have a wife, right? I want to I get married. You always say timing is everything, and you, and you lift my spirits up. So um, I, like what you, I like that you said that. You brought that back up. That, Thank you. you. Know, timing is everything. So. <laughs> and timing is everything. Hang in there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll try. Actually, you know what? You know, um, for, for any singles, you know, ladies out there, my name is Brian Logan. <laughs> I like long walks in the park. No, I'm just playing. Um, topic two. Stay focused. <laughs> Let's look at the Big, the big 12 schedule. Um, if you can guarantee one win, um, for BYU this fall, which would it be? Initially, this is a no-brainer, and then when you stare at the schedule like we are right at this moment, you start thinking, huh, because there's so many big opportunities on this slate, um, and the country's going to be watching on a handful of them right. uh, because of who they're playing and, and what that team's going to do. But I'm going to go with Texas because that's one the no-brainer, and uh, the last time BYU was at Texas, Blaine Fowler and I were down there on the sidelines covering it for for BYU TV, the 100,000, I think there were 93,000 fans there at that night. Texas is the, the largest athletic budget in all of college football. It is the big fish in the league, even though it hasn't won the league for a while. Yeah. Um, they'll be picked probably to win the league next, uh, in a couple of weeks when the poll comes out. But um, of all the teams, and if BYU's had a rocky year or what, but they go into Austin and they beat Texas because of yeah. plays like that right there that Texas thinks about all the time when they think of BYU, they think of number four. Uh, I just think that would be one cool night that trumps them all. What do you think? I, I think, um, so I, initially when I, when I thought about this, I wanted to say um, Arkansas. And, yeah. and just because of, of what happened last year and um, you get a little bit more clout, clout when you are, are beating a, uh, an SEC team, right? And BYU's already in the, in the Big 12 playing a, a tough P5 schedule. So to have a non-conference win, you know, is, is from an SEC team is, is 
is good. However, I know where you're going. Oklahoma, I got I got to go. I got to go with Oklahoma. Um, one, obviously, I, I played against them and beat them and, and beat them. And I know that feeling. It's the it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> what is that feeling? It's the feeling of going to class um, on Monday and knowing you don't have to do homework. <laughs> really, is that what happens? Knowing you don't have to take any test. Um, I'm just I'm just kind of sort of playing. But it's it's a it's a it's a it's a you're almost you're almost proud that hey this we this is a giant and. A, a name brand giant that that we knocked down, and it's when, when people talk to me and fans see me, they they still talk to me about this game, this game right here, and um, and and then you know, obviously being a, a conference game is important as well. What part of this game did you look into your opponent's eyes because you were in the secondary and you saw that they realized that they were going to get beat? Last possession. It was a 14-13 game. I would say when we, when we had the, the goal line stop. So it was... Before taking we, the lead. Yeah, we, so, so um, they were on the goal line. We stopped them in three. And then on the third down, I got a pass interference call. Was uh, it a good call? No, no, it wasn't. No, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> Actually, when I, came, when I came into the locker room after the, the game was over, all my text messages were saying, it's not a PI. That's not a PI. Don't worry sure, about it. Sure, listen to your friends. Yeah, you know. And, and, um, um, and so I, I go out, and uh, we call our goal line defense, and then we stop them three more times. And, and then they kick a field goal, right? So you so thought, stopped them six times. That, at, it was at that moment, I, I, I believe they were like, oh, Skittles. This isn't going oh, to work out for us. Problems. And it didn't work out right. with a 14-13 BYU win. So our question for the day is this, if you could guarantee one win on the schedule, which would it be and why? Nathan Crook on Facebook, I got to say OU, agreeing with Bilo. They come to Provo for senior night, end of November, so it'll be a cold sellout. Uh, would be amazing to finish the home season whooping up on the Sooners on November 18th at LES. What about Brian? I, I, hope, I hope it does snow. Brian, first of all, Brian, bless on Twitter, I, I appreciate your parents for naming you with an I instead of a Y. Um, but he says Kansas first Big 12 game. Okay. Plus, I'm going to be there. Uh, <laughs> blue goggle alert. If you're, it, you know what? If you are going to a game, you want to walk oh, out there with your head held high. Of course, I understand. That. Absolutely. And then he says, in addition, um, it would it would mean BYU will be four and zero to start the season. He gives a blue go, uh, blue goggle award yeah. alert there. Absolutely. Four and zero. If we're four and zero, we got to be ranked absolutely top, top 15, right? You four and zero with a win at Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, nobody's in. doing um, homework either. They continue to weigh in <laughs> using hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is a fun question today, and we're eager to hear your responses. Uh, it's the big party on July 1st as we join BYU Athletics to celebrate BYU joining the Big 12 Conference. Uh, join the BYU Sports Nation game day crew and ourselves as we will have interviews with coaches and players from the, live from the celebration. Tune in Saturday, July 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. Up next, the voice of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. What does he think about BYU joining the Big 12? There he is. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, because this is my moment. Oh, yeah, we're live in Studio B on this Thursday. You're a day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, -play. BYU Sports Nation, Dave McCann alongside Brian Logan. 
Brian Jensen, another Brian on the show, is in his 24th season as the play-by-play -play voice of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He joins us from Lubbock this morning. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Actually, I'm joining you from Dallas, which is where I live, but close enough. It's in the same states. We were, we were same close. state. Well, welcome right. from Dallas. We'll be in Dallas here in a couple of weeks for the Big 12 meeting. So 24 seasons. Which of all the legendary play-by-play -play announcers have had the biggest impact on how you call a game? Uh, Vern Lundquist, actually. Um, he was a, a, a television sports broadcaster in Dallas when I was growing up. And then he called, uh, called the Cowboy games for a while and went on to CBS and did the SEC, as you know, and uh, got to know him a little bit and his style and, and the way that he uh, prepared was something that I always, you know, emulated and, and followed and, and hope to one day at least be able to say that um, I did a little bit, just a little bit of um, some of the things that have made him such a great, great announcer. Great football voice. But I think his golf voice is the best when he can just, you know, Absolutely. talk down low and the birds turn the background and. And he, I think he's on the 16th hole or 17th hole in Augusta yes, every year. 16. Yeah, yes. Vern Lundquist. Um, Brian, you know, I, I feel the same way about Uncle Dave here as far as, you know, being most influential for me. So everything that you said, I just want to echo for, for him. <laughs> thank uh, you, Philo. <laughs> so thank you for setting that up for me, uh, Brian. But um, moving into, into the Big 12 Conference, this is obviously an exciting time for us as fans. Um, and uh, a long time coming. Um, how, how do you guys feel about BYU joining the Big 12? Well, I think it's great. I think of all the schools and teams that are coming into the Big 12, BYU is number one on the list. Uh, the national name, obviously, the, the great history, traditions, the, uh, the beauty of the stadium out there. I mean, there are just so many things that um, I'm looking forward to, and I know many others are, to have BYU in the Big 12. So, uh, I just I, I think of all again of all of them um, of the four coming in. Uh, I don't think there's any question that BYU has jazzed people more than the other three. No offense to the other three. I'm sure uh, it'll be great having them in as well. But BYU is the one. There are a couple of things that Cougars and Red Raiders share in common. Uh, number one is Mike Leach. He graduated from BYU in 1983. Uh, he's going to go into the Red Raiders Hall of Fame this fall for what he did with football. What, how important was Mike to the game of football, not just in Lubbock, but, but everywhere now in college football? Well, uh, he, was, he was huge in the game. I had the fortune of coming in to when I started my play-by-play -play was the year he started as head coach at Tech and brought Air Raid, which was relatively new to college football and the way he played it and the way he put it together and the fact that he recruited athletes that were not four or five star, he didn't care about the stars. He cared about whether they would fit into his system, which was, again, one of the first times you really saw that in college football. Um, he actually, in my opinion, changed college football more than just about any coach. You might look back at the Barry Switzer days. You might look back at the the wishbone days and think maybe that was that was the time, maybe the era Parsesian days. But I think Mike Leach is right up there too because look now at not only all of the college football teams that are trying to throw the ball as much and go with a fast pace as much as they are now, but look at the seven on seven and all of the, the skill position guys now in high school football and all the high school teams that are playing that way. Um, I think his, his coaching and the way he brought things about it and the coaching tree that he has 
that has gone on to uh, to coach in college football had huge impact. I think you could take it all to the NFL as well, where it's less yeah. about running and more about trying to score 48 points uh, and, yeah. and outscore the other guys. Who was uh, most impactful at Texas Tech, Mike Leach or Bobby Knight for basketball? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, impactful. So uh, Bob Knight really put Tech on the map as far as basketball was concerned. Tech had had some good seasons, had had some runs, but they hadn't landed somebody like like a Bob Knight. Mike Leach was an unknown when he started, really, at Tech. And so the way he grew at Tech and the fact that he, um, again, putting a stamp on college football, really did it while he was at Tech. Um, he brought in a lot of celebrities that, that we never had that kind of attention before. So I would say that it's a very close, very close race. I'm the football play-by-play -play guy, although I did television basketball play-by-play -play for Knight's television network at Tech. So I'm torn. I, <laughs> That's a tough question. Two I'm legendary torn. coaches. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, Leach because of BYU and the, and the ties and, you know, get a little bit of extra, fan, you know, followers. Politics, and, yeah. 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 <laughs> you can tell how well I play politics, uh, the fact that <laughs> we were suspended two years ago because uh, we apparently got on the refs a little bit too hard and the, the commissioner suspended us for a game. Whoa, interesting. You know, your street cred went way up because <laughs> right. you know the fans yes, were did. saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Brian, another unique tie is um, Lloyd Hill, who is in the Texas Tech Hall of Fame, and um, his son, Keanu, um, who's one of BYU's best receivers. Um, how good was, was Lloyd when he played? Well, he was great. He was um, the second um, All-American, first-team All-American for Tech uh, as a receiver, first 1,000-yard receiver. And that was in a day with Spike Dykes as head coach. And, um, you know, it was more of a, what is it, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust or whatever the, the phrase was. I mean, he was uh, more, more, his thought process was more behind running the football much, much more throwing it when you needed to more than throwing it and then running it when you needed to like it is today so with that in mind i mean lloyd was he, he was fantastic and and one of the greats uh when you start looking at you know the history of tech and the michael crabtrees now and the west welkers and the danny amendolas um those receivers you know all followed the the greatness of lloyd hill lloyd's going to be on our pregame show uh october 21st uh here in provo um, and it'll be the first time his son takes on the Red Raiders. What kind of day is that going to be for Lloyd? Do you, is he going to wear a Texas Tech shirt, or does he come in with blue? He'll probably have one of those that split right down the middle, <laughs> you know, with red on one side, blue on the other. At least if he's into politics, he will. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be a, it'll be a huge day for him. It'll be a great day for him. Um, the fact that he's, you know, so, so well-known and well-liked by Red Raider fans um, and obviously with his son at, at BYU, it'll, I would imagine it's going to be a day where he's going to be a little bit torn, but typically you go with the blood, right? So I'm sure he'll really be proud with whatever his son does on the field that night, and um, it'll be exciting for him. You know, Utah is, is BYU's biggest rival, and I, 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 I thought this, this question to myself, um, if my son grew up and played for Utah um, and he played against BYU, I still wouldn't wear red. I would wear, I would, I would support him. Obviously. No, I don't believe that for a I, second. No, I would, no. Come mm -mm. on. Mm -mm. I, I would, look, look here, son. 
it's, it's not personal. It's not personal at all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, but you got to also realize we don't have the rivalry yet. Okay, maybe one day, if his son had gone to Texas, be different. Huh? I would be. I now I will say though, you know, Trey Young, his his father was a Red Raider, a great one, and Trey Young played basketball at OU, and I recall seeing Trey, dad. Um, in the stands, and I don't believe he was wearing our red. So, <laughs> you know, I Roy, think it does go to the blood. Roy Williams going to have that same challenge. He's Keanu's yep. uncle, and uh, he told me he wears his BYU shirts around uh, around Texas because he's proud of his nephew. But there, his nephew is going to come to Memorial Stadium uh, the week after the Texas Tech game, and then he'll have to deal with that dilemma as well. And I love that you picked that would be the one that you would like to see uh, sure win. So would I. I'd love for you guys to <laughs> go down there and knock them off before we head down there. Does everybody in the league, uh, and I'm like, I hate's a strong word, but I'm using it anyway. Do they just hate Texas? Even though Texas hasn't won the league forever, is that still the standard bear? Absolutely. It, it, Texas, and it used to be an A&M because they're the two big dollar universities in Texas. And they walk that walk, okay? Well, let me rephrase that. They talk that talk. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, you ask anybody in the Big 12, what's the one team that you would love to knock off and put them in their place? It's Texas. So when Texas and Oklahoma leave after next season, who becomes the top dog? Or is every year going to be, uh, like Lavelle Edwards' favorite phrase, a crapshoot as to who's going to win it? That's a, that is so um, interesting to, to see what's going to happen. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of parity at first, but it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a school, a team to kind of jump in there and, and take over at this time. You're seeing recruiting battles right now at a little different level, I think, than you've even seen before in the Big 12, not going up against the Texas and the OUs, but up against everybody else in the race to try to see who can get the the best team put together for those first couple of years of the big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma and the team that, uh, or the teams that jump up there, um, we're going to have a head start on keeping that recruiting battle going. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see which ones they are. We certainly obviously hope that tech is in that conversation, expect them to be TCU probably believes that they are, especially now having gone to the national championship game last year, um, Kansas State is a team that uh, is always, you know, up there in the Big 12, even with Texas and Oklahoma and with BYU coming in and, uh, you know, some of the others. It's it's going to be really cool to watch that. I think that's going to be one of the most fun things about the new Big 12. So, so Brian, with the, the preseason conference polls um, being released here in, in a couple of weeks, where do you see Texas Tech um, falling in at? Well, this is, this is going to sound a little bit... Um, like, uh, you know, sour grapes, but Tech rarely gets um, very good very good attention in polls, in preseason polls. I would think that we would be top third uh, with the recruiting that we've had and with the players coming back with a quarterback that is 8-1 and one as a starter, 8-0 and oh as a starter when he finishes games, um, and, and a super senior. I think, uh, you know, with Tyler Shuck leading the way with our receiving core, um, the defense coming back, the, the number of players that are coming back. I just really think that Tech should be in that top third, but I would, I would probably think that the poll will probably put them at about 
middle of the pack or just below because that's typically what they do. Brian Jensen, play-by-play -play voice of the Red Raiders on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, conference expansion is a conversation that just won't seem to go away. Uh, do you think before the end of the summer, the Big 12 will have a couple of new members? And what do you forecast for the Pac-12? Wow. Before the end of the summer. I don't think before the end of the summer, um, but I do think within the next six months or so, I think there will be a little bit more expansion in the Big 12. I do think that uh, the Pac-12 is going to get raided. Um, and I wouldn't think that they'd be able to survive it, but um, it has been really uh, strange, as you well know, strange couple of years and the way things are shuffling around and it isn't over yet. So, um, gosh, if, if I could throw a, a dart and, and hit the right answer, I think it would be more coming in the next six months, but I don't know about the PAC 12. Texas tech's coming in the next handful of months, October 21st. What are you looking most forward to coming to Provo? Well, I'm um, really looking forward to the stadium, seeing the, the you know, I've seen it on television so many times and it looks just fantastic, beautiful. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the area. I've never been to, to Provo and um, have been to Salt Lake, but uh, really looking forward to walking around campus and, you know, finding out what some of your best places to have a Friday night meal are. Because again, as you know, that's Kind of the thing when you're on the road is the crew likes to get together and find a, a nice local place that uh, we can we can enjoy and tell everybody about when we get home. Now just remember, the altitude sometimes affects the players on the field. You'll be sitting a lot higher than the players on the field, so you need to pace yourself for the full <laughs> four quarters uh, here in the Rocky Mountains. But we sure well, uh, welcome you here. We look forward to meeting you, and, and we thank you for, uh, for your time this morning. And we'll see you in Dallas here in a few weeks. I think I'll, I'll sleep in an oxygen chamber before I get there, but thank you. It's been fun. Brian Jensen, voice of the Red Raiders, thank you, and we'll see you down the road. It was some great insight uh, from a guy who's been in the Big 12 for so long uh, to kind of cast a little bit of, of, of what BYU's getting into. And once he started dropping names and uh, of the Red Raiders, they're going to be very tough to beat this year. Yeah, um, when he was, was going over just some of those, the, the stats and the storylines of the returners and the, uh, the quarterback going 8 0, I got a little nervous. A, little, a lot of bit nervous. You're actually. nervous every week. I, I, got a lot, right? I got more nervous than, than, <laughs> than, I, than what I was. But um, what I'm not nervous for is the Y Awards. Yeah. Uh, you could join us as we honor the best and brightest within BYU athletics. Over the last year, you can watch or listen tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. NFL Draft is tonight. Danny Ainge was drafted 42 years ago by the Boston Celtics. What was he doing when he got the call? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Follow us all Thursday. Like all Snapchat. Every maybe second. maybe if it was Snapchat, maybe Pinterest. Um, you get some I think, I think well, well, I think um, voting would be a little bit different. It's just mine. <laughs> Brian Logan, Dave McCann, Studio B. It's good to have you with us. Let's get to some headlines. 
BYU women's basketball was ranked as having the 12th best transfer portal class in college basketball according to 24-7 sports. Number 12. BYU was ranked first among Big 12 teams. That's number one. That's right. They're doing a great job. We'll have more on that in the whip. Big 12 announcing today that BYU men's basketball coach Mark Pope and women's head coach Amber Whiting will be two of the 11 Big 12 coaches that will be helping youth clinics in New York City at Rucker Park. We've got a lot of Cougar Nation in New York. Find Rucker Park as part of Big 12 Hoops in the Park on Tuesday, July 18th. Daniel Schneeman had two hits yesterday for the Guardians AAA affiliate uh, Columbus Clippers. Schneeman is batting 309 over the last two months. He's having a great season. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What do you got? As mentioned in the headlines, women's basketball was ranked as having the 12th best transfer portal class according to 24-7 sports. Um, as part of the uh, transfer portal class uh, was returning star forward Lauren Gustin, uh, bringing in Oregon transfer and former top 40 recruit Jenna Issa and Boston University transfer Lauren Davenport. How impressive has Amber Whiting's staff been when it comes to recruiting? It's been uh, unprecedented in the history of the women's basketball program. And they've had some really, really good players. Yeah. But as of the other night, they picked up their fourth or third four-star player um, to go along with Amari Whiting and, uh, and Jenna Sai. Um, that's never happened before. And, and, then, and then the talent around them is pretty good, too. I want to Amber know. Whiting's going places. I wonder if there's uh, some NIO deals associated with Well, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's working for the BYU women's program. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked the 49ers as having the best linebacking core in the NFL, highlighted by Fred Warner, who many consider to be the single best linebacker in the NFL. We, we certainly do. What are your expectations for Fred this season? Uh, to, to be a, a, a top linebacker, like he's been uh, the last couple years, but also to, to lead his defense, right? So to be a top linebacker, to, uh, to perform on one of the, the top defenses in the NFL and I would say actually make it to the to, to the Super Bowl. Um, when you when you have a, a running back as your fourth string quarterback, it's hard it's hard to win hard to win games, no matter how good you are on the defensive side. So um, that's my my expectations for Fred more than anybody else is way high. You know what I love about Fred is whenever the Cougars are in the area, football, basketball, softball, volleyball, whatever, he finds a way to get there because he's he's all in with yep. BYU, and BYU fans are all in with Fred Warner at linebacker. Absolutely. Uh, ESPN's Myron Metcalf listed the best 25 college basketball players of the last 25 years. He had BYU's Jimmer Fredette at 24th on that list. Should Jimmer be higher? 24 in the last 25 years? You know, anyone who watched Jimmer, uh, he, was, he was different. Certainly the National Player of the Year, yeah. uh, that year for him. Um, it was a lottery pick going into the NBA, but uh, he was unstoppable. And uh, should he be higher than 24? Probably. I don't know what the number is because there were so many good players over the last 25 years. Yeah. But uh, with Jimmer at the ball in his hands, which we saw, Kawhi Leonard and all those guys couldn't stop him. Right. Yeah. I'm, I think he's got to be higher. Yeah. I mean, Jimmer mania, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, gonna, it's going to be international when he takes that three-on-three -three group over to the Olympics. Look, look, look! When Lil Wayne drops, you know your name in a in a song of his, you, 
you, you, you, you've, you've made it, right? So you've got to be hired just for You're that. You're saying reason. Lil Wayne should have him L- up Lil top Wayne. 15? Top 15, All absolutely. Right. <laughs> NBA draft is tonight. We're going to stick with uh, Jimmer. He was the last BYU player taken in the draft back in 2011. And now that the Cougars are in the Big 12, do you expect the program to have players drafted frequently, certainly more frequently than every 12 years as we move forward? Remember, there's just two rounds. That makes it a little tough. <laughs> can, I plead the, can I plead the fifth? That tells me we got a ways to go. <laughs> can I plead the fifth? We got a ways I to go. I don't. I don't think so. It's hard. To, it's hard to say. Um, I d- yeah, I don't. I don't think so. We'll see what happens because the Big 12 is going to require a talent increase. Yeah. And uh, Mark Pope and his staff have been busy yeah, getting ready that, for the first year. We'll just see, but there's the possibility, sure, because it's a program in a league that is front and center with America. And you get a guy whose light comes on, there you go. I, I, I'm, I would rather players make it in the NBA and stay long and have good career, long careers like football versus getting drafted. So that's, I mean, that's just, I think BYU, you know, over time can do that, especially like you said with, by default, the, the talent level is going to increase because of the Big 12 and right. recruiting. Um, staying on uh, the theme of uh, the NBA and the NBA draft, 42 years ago, the Boston Celtics drafted Danny Ainge while he was playing shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays against the Chicago White Sox. The day he was drafted, he's playing for the Blue Jays. <laughs> he went 0 for 3 with an error. Um, do you think his mind could have been somewhere else? You think? I mean, it's hard enough. Uh, anyone who plays baseball will tell you the hardest thing in the world is to hit a baseball that's yeah. thrown at you 100 miles an hour. It might curve, it might do a change, it might come in as a high heater. Right. Um, and then you're out at shortstop in the big leagues. Um, if you're the least bit distracted, it's hard to do that. So you're, you're doing that, and you know the Celtics just drafted you in the second round of the NBA draft, and your heart is saying, I'm really good at basketball. Right, right. Do you think, I want to do that. Do you think if he, if it was nowadays, like currently, um, he had like a cell phone or maybe like an Apple Watch <laughs> <laughs> to get notified? I think there'd be so many solidified <laughs> contracts that it wouldn't even be able to happen. Because remember, there was a legal battle then between the Celtics and the Blue Jays. And the right. Celtics eventually won, not right away, but it took some time. And then Ainge joined the team while the season was on. And then, he, yeah. then the rest is history. Yeah, true, 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 true. What a day, yeah. 42 years ago. Uh, join BYU football head coach Kalani Satake and BYU student athlete speakers um, for a special athletics devotional at the Merritt Center this Sunday night. You can attend in person or watch it at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Our big contest continues. The results first of yesterday's best win between 1984 Michigan and 2009 Oklahoma and a matchup today that just might have you scratching your head. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Dave McCann, Brian Logan, Jerem's out today. I don't know where Spencer is this week. Maybe the Himalayas. <laughs> I don't know, but he's enjoying some downtime. That's what summer's for, so it gives us a chance to hang out. So, as you know, we've been having this contest, matching the best wins in BYU history up against each other, and everyone votes, and then 
the winner moves on. The bracket's been pretty interesting. Uh, we started with 16. We're whittling it down. Next week's the final four. I know you're you're unhappy with how the matchup of the day yesterday went. We had the 1984 national champs uh, uh, be beating Michigan, and then we had Belos win against Oklahoma in 2009, which was impressive. I'll be honest. Oklahoma was ranked number three in the country. Um, Michigan wasn't ranked. They're in the middle of the Big uh, Ten. Uh, when BYU beat them in 84. But as Robbie Bosco pointed out yesterday, that was the game that gave BYU the national championship. He predicted a 75-25 vote. And uh, it was 84 to 16. Horrible. So there was your vote and then a couple of your friends. <laughs> uh, and then everyone else voted for 84. So 84 moves on. You know, it would be a different story if that game was the actual national you know, championship game. Like if, if both teams were playing for it, no, it wouldn't. That that would no, make a wouldn't. lot more sense to me. No, but it doesn't. Only one team was was invested, so yes, I mean, it was. It, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, yeah, I, you do know. You know, fun, <laughs> funny story <laughs> with with Robbie Bosco. So I, I met him my junior year. Yeah. Um, and talked to him a couple times here and there. And 2010 comes along, and we have the top. BYU quarterbacks come for the Washington game, right? right. So, um, he, and he, so we have Steve Young, you know, every, all the legendary quarterbacks are there. And I see Robbie Boswell up there, and I tap Brandon Bradley. I'm like, Brandon, what's, what's that? What's the, what's that academic counselor doing up there? And he goes, that's, that's Robbie. He played, he won a championship. I was like, that's, that's Robbie. And he was like, man, come here. Turn around and smack you inside your head. But so when you met Robbie, did he say, "Hey, I just want you to know, your win over Oklahoma is bigger than our national championship game"? I don't think no, so. No, no, no. And I'm neither gonna, the voters. I'm going to talk to him about that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to today's matchup. It's another good one. Did he get it? I don't think so. Big run. Got it. They worked it. Touchdown, Gunner Romney. McMahon going for the end zone. Today's matchup features the six-seed uh, 2021 win over Utah and the three-seed 1980 Miracle Bowl against SMU. Let's start with 2021 Utah. Uh, BYU entered the game having lost nine games straight to Utah. I was on the last team that beat Utah prior in 2009. Thank you. Uh, Utah ranked <laughs> number 21. Uh, and what made this, this game special is it was a day before um, BYU had accepted the invite to the Big 12. Mm -hmm. uh, defense forced two fumbles and got a fourth stop, um, fourth down stop. Jaron Hall, 149 passing yards, three touchdowns, 92 at, rushing yards. Look at Kalani. Kalani, you know, dancing and, and, and having fun as always. Um, BYU ran for 219 yards and controlled the line of scrimmage. Former Ute wide receiver Samson Nakua caught a touchdown pass uh, for BYU right before halftime. And BYU ends up winning 26 to 17. Some of cool footnotes from that game for uh, Nakua, and uh, I sat down and did an interview with him on game day uh, leading up to kickoff. And uh, he said he'd promised his ailing grandmother he'd catch a touchdown mm. against Utah in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU, and, uh, and he did. And she passed away a short time after that, but she got that night. And then it was also good to see uh, Puka and Samson together, two highly sought after players in the state of Utah, went elsewhere out of the gate, came back, reunited. Yeah. One of their dads, uh, their late father's wishes for them to play together at BYU. They play, they beat Utah in, in just the way they did it. And I'll still never forget, it wasn't in this clip, that uh, it's the first time in program history 
that two brothers got the same unsportsmanlike conduct penalty <laughs> uh, for taking their helmets off and celebrating after that touchdown by Samson. And then the official turns his mic on and unsportsmanlike on number whatever Samson's number was, number at uh, number whatever Puka's, Puka was number 12. What was Samson? I think 40, so he was on number 45 and number 12. <laughs> and I just thought, that's the coolest penalty. Oh ever. yeah, for sure. I, I couldn't be mad at that. If I'm a coach, you know, I, I like the fire. I like, I like the passion. Um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I'll, I'll, you'll run some sprints, you know, um, on Monday. Yeah, he, well, he caught some, he caught some, but uh, great energy from the Nakua's on that big night. Now let's roll out one of the big boys after we've celebrated the the, the Utah game. 1980 Holiday Bowl. Cougars 11-1. They're number 14. SMU 8-3, ranked number 19. They're bugged because they thought they should have been in a better bowl. They had the Pony Express, Craig James, Eric Dickerson. They ran up a 45-25 lead with under four minutes to go. You're watching the comeback. Bill Shefflin with the block. Vaisika Hema had a punt return earlier. And then the big one right here, Jim McMahon to Clay Brown as time expires. The receivers were there, defenders were there. You know the rest of the call. BYU kicks the extra point, and they win it 46-45. to 45. First bowl win in program history, and uh, you see some of the numbers there. Um, Jim McMahon told us a great story last summer. Many have heard it before. When he, was, he was one of our guests in game day, and he said that his dad, he still tells people the story that it took two Catholics, Clay Brown and Jim McMahon, to get BYU their first bowl game, and Lavelle stopped him and said, well, actually, Two Catholics tied the game. My return missionary came out and kicked the extra point and won the game. And so uh, what, a, what a night that was. And here we go. The win over the Utes in 21 or the Miracle Bowl of 1980. Make sure to vote on BYU Sports Nation Twitter page. Bilo, what's your early vote? Utah, get, Utah will get that one. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I think so. It, there's, there is, there's so much different emotion, that would be an energy and vibe um, from that game. I mean, that, that was a, that weekend, I was a, I was a proud, I think everybody was proud to be a Cougar at that, at that moment, right? I don't, I can't say back, back in the day. When were, I, were you even born in 1980? Nope, I was born in 88. Yeah, so <laughs> let me just say, I was proud to be a Cougar on that night, 1980, at, at my Deacon's Corn Party. Um, big matchups. Uh, yeah. So cast your vote, and uh, next week, the winner of that one's going to move on into the Final Four, and then we're going to have some white knucklers. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, that's a good one. Coming up on Monday, Jerem Jordan, David Nixon, Kristen Koslowski, and Tyler Hall sit down to discuss the challenges and excitement surrounding BYU's move to the Big 12 on July 1st. It's a Big 12 roundtable on Monday, June 26th at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'd like to see David Nixon there after further review. Debuts July 25th. That's just around the corner on BYU TV. Coming up next, a rise and shout from a world away. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps, or listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review the show. I love today's question of the day. If you could guarantee one win on the schedule, 
Which would it be and why, speaking of football and speaking of this fall, uh, Chris underscore running underscore adventures on Instagram. Arkansas comes right, right up with Arkansas. A win there would boost the confidence. You know what? They're right. Considering what happened last year to go into SEC country, win that, and now you, you're in the top 25 yeah. heading into Kansas? I, w I was close. I was right there with him. But we got to get some conference, some conference wins. Um, so, good, I mean, still good, still good choice. Uh, Troy Russell on Twitter, Texas on the road, currently highest ranked team, will be on the road, will be the largest crowd, um, and will be the most watched game across the country. BYU will play in this year. I'm curious uh, where Fox or ESPN puts that game. They haven't announced the TV times. Will it be prime time prime or will time. it be in the afternoon? Uh, you know, I've been, I spent two years down there in Austin. Uh, prime time's better because it's cooler. Right, right. You know, <laughs> no matter what time of year it seems. Right. Uh, and this will be October. Um, we'll keep you posted on that one. That is a big one. Jake Lissou on Facebook. TCU, because I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they were in the national championship last year. They were also a conference mate before and would be an awesome pickup after so many years with a W. Uh, you're right, TCU lost a lot of guys, but, but they're built. Yeah. They're built to get to the championship game, so you know they're going to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and the Cougs going down to Fort Worth. Um, all right, in response to our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, Dan Snow. I like this one. He writes this on Facebook. Our bowl game is the one that he wants a guarantee in because it means we've qualified for a bowl in a season where most national riders have blown us off. We'd also have at least seven wins. How about that? Yeah, that's that. that I didn't think about that one. That's a good one. I, I would, would I would like game. to take back mine and, and say the bowl game as well. Like the reason. Pop Tart Bowl or <laughs> Texas Bowl would take any, there's, there's any a kind pop -tart of bowl. bowl, raisin bowl, whatever, whatever. Is there a fruit snack bowl like a gusher bowl? Not yet, but it's coming. Today's rise and shout outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. We've said on this show many times before, Mark Pope will go anywhere to find basketball players to play at BYU, and here he is over in Egypt with Ali Khalifa, the new big man coming to the Cougars through the transfer portal uh, with his family and uh, out on the water. Um, great to see the coach. Now, the coach, by the way, is uh, he's 6'10". Man, all right, I'm looking at him. And... <laughs> Golly. That's the best picture of the day right there. <laughs> right. That's what's coming. Absolutely. We thank our guest, Brian Jensen, voice of the Red Raiders. Uh, the conversation continues 24/7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This is all. This is, and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian, I'm Dave. A shout out to Danny Ainge on the night of the NBA draft. He's got a lot of work to do with the Utah Jazz. See you tomorrow for the 2023 Y Awards on BYU TV.